Step onto a world where there's no one left but the very best no MC can test. And she's like, wait, who are you? Oh, okay. I know you. Cool. <laughs> Tara Cloth, what's good? How you doing? <laughs> Lady Nuss, what's up, Kristen? What's up? That was hilarious. <laughs> you guys do a really good job, and I call it uh, preventing big waves from crashing. Do you, do you guys understand what I mean by that? Big waves crash? Like for, uh, I'll do it numerically for Tyron. For every um, five points you get emotionally high, you can possibly give up nine on a low. Is, that, is, are, is navigating your emotional highs and lows a conversation that you have with each other? I mean, I think we just kind of balance each other out. So like if I am like struggling a little bit, Kristen's not going to give me the deer in headlights look like, oh my gosh, we have to get this next point. Because uh, when that happens, I feel like that's just when things start to unravel for both people and you just start to lose trust. Um, so that's been a big thing that I have enjoyed that Kristen does not. She doesn't <laughs> give me that look. She just, she just gives me her full trust that I can either side out or block a ball or something like that. I think it is though just the trust that we have in each other, even if it is like, oh, we lose five points in a row. We're like, okay, yeah, we are going to get nine points back. Like, mm -hmm. it really is a, just like trust in each other. Yeah, that's, listen, look, that's very important. And, I, and I, as I said in the previous podcast, um, there are very few people that can start emotionally high and stay emotionally high. Those people are so rare. They're like unicorns, you know, and if you find one, we, we need to take them back to the lab and like, <laughs> and, like, and like study them, right? We need to study them and examine and see what they're all about. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, Fallon Funa Moana starts high, stays high. She's insane. <laughs> if you've ever seen her play or if you ever followed her or whatever, I'm sure uh, Kristen has at some point. Um, so... Simple question. Are you guys as unassuming as everyone uh, thinks you are? Unassuming? What does it mean? What does yeah, it mean? mean? All right. You had a conversation about beating certain teams like Kelly Kalinske, Emily Stockman, beating player, beating, beating teams that um, people affectionately say they have, you know, those are name teams. And... Does being unassuming, not knowing who they are, not knowing their, not knowing their playing um, history uh, or their history of success, um, work as an advantage to you? Well, I for sure knew who they were. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna give that one to Taryn because she did not you, know who they were. You, you listen. You're gonna be. You're gonna be. Hold on. You're gonna be carrying Taryn most of this podcast, but but you got it. This one you got to punt to her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't know. I mean, I think it's helpful to just like go out there and not worry about who's on the other side and just like playing your own game, know what you can and cannot do and figuring it out from there. So I, I do think it's beneficial to not play somebody because of their name, you know? Right. Also, I, I think, listen, I 
it's one less thing to think about, right? As you, I mean, you got you got enough food on your plate. You got to watch video. You got to prepare for for certain teams. You have to make these in-game adjustments. You know, certainly certainly between sets, and if you can during the te- before the technical timeout, um, you know, not getting wild by someone's history is is is. I mean, I feel like I'm asking you setup questions, and I don't, and I, I don't mean to do that. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get comfortable. I'm also trying to speak in a language too, so where your coach isn't like, "Hey, don't be asking them questions like that." <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've listened to any episodes. I've had stand-up comedians. I've had um, infectious disease people. You know, because um, I've had theater performers. Because my major in college was was my BFA is in acting. I had a um, a sex podcaster. All we did was, you know, from 55 minutes all the way to the second hour, we, we talked about sex. We talked about um, why do people cheat? We talked about um, he's he's um, he's just a weird guy. His name is Billy Pursuit. He's amazing. And that's an episode you guys listen to on your own. But but um, but I'm really happy to I'm always happy to have volleyball players because this this podcast started. Um, first 10 episodes of volleyball players. I'm, um, and that's our wheelhouse. So was Atlantic City your first tournament together in Jersey? It was our first like big yeah. AVP tournament, but we had played in a couple like local tournaments. Um, but it was just like a couple, but that one was for sure the first like bit, the first big one. Did you win that? You did. You did. Cool. Who'd you play in the finals? We played Katie Horton and Carly Khan. Nice, cool, man. I, I was I wanted to know who the hell the, the women were because I knew um, Bruno, um, and Marine and Angel Angel won the men. And, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun watching. And men, Bruno, but. I mean, you know, Angel's got a good work ethic, but I got to tell you something, ladies. As far as like physical preparation, I don't think I don't think anybody works as hard as Bruno. I, I see people in the weight room. I see people's cardio training, and you know. California, of course, they got the sand dunes. These young guys just breathing heavy, running up, running up a damn hill. Um, I've never seen anybody train as hard or, or as as Bruno Hammerine, man. And God, he's such a nice guy, isn't he? Do you, mm-hmm. Have you ever talked to him? Briefly, yeah. in like right before one of his matches, he was super nice, yeah. just like cracking jokes, and yeah, it's awesome. Well, I'll tell you his ability as a player and and his ability as a human being is is, is definitely on the same plateau and we could say the say the same thing about angel these are you know i'm surprised like female players and male players at that level don't talk to each other more i mean it's a volleyball is a very incestuous sport ladies we you know roommates partner business partnerships marriages um uh fights <laughs> uh, like all i mean it's you know we're pretty we're pretty close to um close closely knit and i guess i don't know i guess it depends on the place like new york city i'm from new york city like central park there's a hundred a hundred of us deep different levels from open to double b we all know each other and it's and it's a family we we order food there we order you know chinese food we play spades there so so it's it's um yeah it's cool it does bring a lot of people together like i would have never thought in a million years that beach volleyball would have brought me to Louisiana. I would still be here and gotten to travel to go and play in these tournaments and meet these people. So, No, no doubt. So let's talk about Coach uh, Brock. All right. I'd like for each of you to say 
just one or two sentences, kind of like what he means to you, and, and let's spin off that. I know he's a former player at USC. I'm, I'm old school. I'm 50, so I kind of like know a little of everybody, you know? Yeah, 50. Drank the volleyball Kool-Aid, ladies. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, listen, right? Look at Dane. Dane drank, drank a pitcher. So um, talk to me, Taryn, what, you know, the first time you met Brock and just the interest in beach volleyball and kind of what, what he means to you in regards to the, just the program. Uh, yes, I was looking at different uh, beach volleyball schools to go play at, and he gave me a call, and I was like, to everybody, my first sentence is, I have never played before. Like, I just, I need you to know this right away. I am an indoor volleyball player. Um, but he just showed a lot of trust in me. And I think that's what was so exciting is he trusted that I could get to where I needed to be. And then, too, he was just, like, so excited. Um, and I don't know. I felt like that was, like, really welcoming. And, I mean, I hopped off the plane and the assistant coach at that time came and picked me up with him and they were just like so kind and i cannot even explain how these louisiana people are just like they're so nice and so welcoming so i think that was just like that sealed the deal for me yeah i think to piggyback off of that i feel like russell like you just know he fully cares about you like he wants the absolute best for you no matter what and i think that is what stands out to me the most of him like because some coaches they could really just like care about like wins and losses and like that's it they could they like sometimes don't really care about like the athlete I guess but like for him and just like all of our coaching staff it's like they truly care about each one of us and that's really awesome I I always say and it's so weird because I don't like to take notes, but I like to be better prepared for these podcasts. And I actually, one of the notes I put was, um, we get paid to coach. We don't get paid to care. So, (laughs) um, and that's very, very unique that you said that because that sounds like him. You know, I've met him. I had the pleasure of meeting him for a few times. I'm, um, I'm with, I was with beach volleyball national events, like a get notice showcase. So we have as we basically all of the college coaches come out and it's like, you know, the kids who are already committed, you know, they have like the, the name of their school on their written on their calf. You know how it is, right? They get notice showcases. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm do, I do color commentary, semis and finals. I'm also the skills coach for endless summer beach volleyball. So, so, and we, man, we, we got a bunch of commitments, but I always look at the coach ladies. I always look at the coach and, and if the coach is anything like me, at least on a professional level, on a personal level, I don't think there's anyone like me, but, but on a perfect, <laughs> but on a professional level, if I go to you as a coach and I say, or no, just use me. Sorry, bear with me on this. If someone, if I'm interviewing for a job and someone says, what's your strength as a coach? I tell them, I personalize my work. I personalize my work. It doesn't just leave when I leave the beach. It doesn't leave. It doesn't stop when I just leave, when I leave the gym. I live in the video room like a hermit. This command center, which I'm going to show you guys in a minute, I'll show you by camera. This whole room is set up just for volleyball. So, but then they'll ask me, okay, what's your weakness? And I say, I personalize my work. 
I personalize my work. It fucking hurts, man, when you lose. You know, and you have all this this investment and you want these these young ladies to win and and you and they put in all the time because they now now they care about it and now you know this little this little plant you put in them, they're infected with a volley virus. You know what the volley virus is, right? No you're bitten. No there's no known cure. There's no vaccine on the way for that. That's just you're it's you're 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 effed for life in a good way. So I look at Brock and I'll bet any amount of money. I'm not betting my house, okay? I got to share it, all right? So, <laughs> but I'll bet any amount of money that his strength is his weakness like mine. From what you know about him, how close am I to it? How close am I to being right on that? Pretty accurate. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Nice. Cool. So here's another question that I ask all of my volleyball players that if I didn't ask, it'd be volleyball malpractice. And I'm working really hard on having this not be an interview. I want, I want us to talk, but let's get personal. Let's start with you, Kristen. At what point? Let's hear it. At what point? Yeah, she leads. You're in high school or you're playing club. Was there a particular tournament or was there a particular match? that was a defining moment where you left the tournament or the match and you told yourself, I think I could do this for real. I think I want, this is what I want to do when I grow up. Wow. Um, I can't say there was like one defined moment. Um, I think there's been like a couple, um, but I honestly think, oh, and over like the past year or two, I think that's when it's happened. Because when I was like a freshman or sophomore in college, I was like, wow, like really like the sport. Like, yeah, I want to play. But over these past two years, just getting to compete against all these different people and all these like top level people, I'm like, wow, like I for sure can see myself doing this and I absolutely love it. Um, so there definitely, there wasn't like one tournament or anything. It's just kind of been like a gradual, like, okay. Like after every tournament, I'm like, all right, I could, I can see myself doing this. So yeah, yeah not really one defined moment. And for you, you guys, and you're going to go next time, but I, for you, I love this question the most because I think I'm going to run out of, out of room doing like a mini bio to promote this podcast. You guys up to this point have have been doing this for a long time and with a heightened level of success, just highlighting some stuff, you know, high school, state championships, college. I know you at Creighton, uh, Taryn won um, uh, the Big East. I think you also won tournament MVP um, and, 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 and route to the, the Elite Eight. You played outside hitter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, it's a good position to transcend to the beach, ladies. The two positions that are easiest to transcend to the beach are the setter um, and the outside hitter and the libero. Yeah. And the libero. I mean, got to give, you know, got to give them that. Like if you've ever played LMU and this is a girl named Chris, she's on Paris, the Paris six or five, this tiny little girl. I have never seen somebody just draw small crowds of people just playing really sick defense this woman draws us most of the time it's someone you're wild by someone's hitting or you know someone you know on your block taryn you kind of take the elevator up right you live in you live in kind of your own penthouse right right who who's that peeking out my window <laughs> nobody because i live in a penthouse so um <laughs> so um <laughs> no but am i right though i mean and 
listen, I'm Kristen. You you can relate. You your your defense just from two years ago up to this point it went from very good to elite. So and your ability to make one move, you know, to the ball is as far as um, energy efficiency is concerned. You 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 gotta admit it's you're going the right direction. But let's go to Taryn. Ter- Taryn, I'd like to just do a little bit for indoor, the um because. Look, you got a free education that says you can play the sport indoor, all right? So what moment, whether it was high school or club or or even college or even freshman year, maybe it wasn't – maybe you were just good at a lot of sports and you're like, I'll just try this volleyball thing. And then maybe somewhere in, in the middle of college, I'm like, wait, this is, this is, this is me. This is real. Um, and this is what I want to do when I grow up. So is there um, – was there a particular moment or was it more like Kristen where, like, it was more momentum than moment? Uh, is this me wanting to play volleyball in general, or is this like yes. me wanting to continue to? Well, no. I mean, everyone wants to play volleyball. I'm just talking about re- the realization that you're actually really good at it, and you could be great. Was there a particular tournament, where, or 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 maybe a match, where you kind of tore it up, where you're like, dude, I'm taking the next step, and I think I can go one further. No, I actually, is this it for beach volleyball or indoor? No, indoor. For for her, I wanted to start indoor because I know it's been the, the, it's been the majority of your volleyball career. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I was like a super crazy indoor volleyball gym rat. Like I would spend every waking second there that I absolutely could. Um, in South Dakota, we didn't have very much volleyball, um, when I was younger. So now that it's like growing and that's in the state, I'm super excited. But, um, as for like a particular moment, no, um, I would say it was like more like going in and like watching film and like talking with my coaches that they were like, you need to do this, 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 and this. And then like, once I would like achieve one thing I would want to just add like 10 more levels onto my game so I would say those are like the moments where I was just like I don't want to stop because I want to keep trying to get better and better and better um so I think that that was like the mentality of like I want to keep doing this so that I can be the best possible player I can ever be cool all right. I like that answer. <laughs> Kristen's like, okay. <laughs> she got me beat. Um, so you played indoor and beach volleyball? I played, um, now I'm, uh, before I answer that, I'm 50. All right. So I, my senior year in high school, fell in love with, had a mad crush on this girl from Dominican Republic. You guys are going to love this story, right? And I'm, you know, football player. I'm six one, but my wingspan is six eight. So I had long arms. I could play tight end. You know, basketball. I could play small forward. Baseball. I was batting both sides of the plate. So I'm just like volleyball. I'm just dropping all of these. Yeah. Things. So volleyball. I'm like, yeah. Hey, I can impress her playing volleyball. Piece of cake. It's a cinch. Do you, you guys see where this is going, right? I'm gonna keep going, but you're like, uh oh. So <laughs> to put it the best way I could, I, I'm in a pickup game in my high school and. High school volleyball in, in um, New York City is Asian-dominated. And I mean skill Nazis. Hands, first hit. They don't even think about serve-receive. You just do it. It's not like I'm not worried about – I'm not worried about this guy's jump start. They don't even worry about first hit. It's just you don't get to take the court. 
unless you t- you can take care of first hit. It's an old school. And the other other countries like Poland, Dominican Republic, Cuba, if you listen to Angel, my last podcast, um, Oz Borges, same thing. Uh, maybe, maybe even Bruno. So long story short, I get on the court and play, and I want you to picture you're on a fishing boat, right? And you catch a nice big flounder, right? And you catch the flounder and you take it off the hook and you just throw it on the deck and you watch this flounder just flop back and forth, flop, <laughs> just flop, flop around, gasping for air. Looking back retrospectively, that's how I probably looked and it's definitely how I felt. <laughs> wow. So, the visuals are there. So I, dude, I um, bought a book written by Doug Beals called AVCA, American Volleyball Coaches Association Handbook. And I coached myself in the winter, plastic ball in, in Brooklyn, New York, just bumping the ball in the backyard, red, reddinging the hell out of my hands because, you know, a plastic ball in the cold. I mean, even a real ball in the cold is going to hurt. So, And then a year later, came back, I came back a volleyball stud. Three years left it out. I was playing professionally in Germany, in Darmstadt, Germany, as an outside hitter. You know, Um, went to Hunter College for a cup of coffee. And this is 94 because at the time, Division one, two and three, they got to play each other. So we were one of um, three teams that got invited to Division one, like a flight for EIVA. So and we were D3. So it was just a squad full, you know, four Chinese guys, this Haitian player named Greg Romulus, who holds the kill, uh, the um, record for most kills in a match, 61 for 98 five errors um in a match we lost <laughs> in a match in a match we <laughs> lost it, it made sports illustrated they're like this guy had 61 kills and they're like and then the next and line lost. and lost <laughs> i wasn't at that game my mom said i was you're going to church my mom was insane my mom's cuckoo i'm like i'm in an ncaa game she's like no you're going to church if you want to live in my house i'm like Holy sugar. So I'm not there. My, so our top three, our next three hitters, because the guy that gets the 61 kills, he's our top hitter. But the next three after him, no show. So it was, it was just all him. His name is Greg Romulus. And then Dave McKenzie, if you know him, played for Long Beach State, played in the Olympics. He has 58. So he's the next one after. He's, he's the, he holds a D1 record. But um, no, but bottom line, played in Germany, ran into a coach named Mario Trebich. You play for Creighton, so you've probably seen him uh, referee. Old Russian guy, cold, blue eyes, can't really see shit. You know, and everybody's like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. But he, if you, if you actually talk to him, he was the head coach of the Netherlands. Um, Silver. Netherlands and then they beat the Italians for the gold. Also, he's the assistant coach in the 84 women's team, U.S. team silver, and the Soviet Union 88 assistant coach silver. So three silvers and a gold, but this guy's up at, on probably still reffing and can't see shit. So he told me to set. He's like, you're 6'1", your wingspan's big, you're left-handed, set. So that's how I played. I played for Bameso. Um, if you, and for you, for indoor, there's a women's team called Bameso. They're all Dominican. You know them if you see them. Um, it's run by Ulysses and his wife. So I, I set for their men's team. We won nationals twice. So that's my indoor career. Beach? No. Beach? Uh, um, by the time I even, I mean, Central Park, you as a player, Taryn, you know sometimes you use beach as a cross trainer because it helps you improve for indoor, like your blocking mobility, your digging, right? You got to take more court, you're served to space. But I never played beach. I played beach in Central Park, at, you know, to help the pros to uh, prepare. But I played Manhattan Beach, got whooped, because uh, I wanted you. You, you got to do it once before you're too old. I played when I was 47. 
I played in Manhattan Open when I was 47. And my partner had points, so, so, and we, we got, look, we got whooped. But bottom line, yeah, my indoor career, uh, I set for two teams that won nationals three times. Um, I set, uh, set for them on and off, in and out. Um, I was the only guy that spoke English on both of those teams. Bob Meso, no one speaks English. Um, not really. Um, you, uh, if you've seen the women's team, right, the whole team speaks Spanish. So, and Paul Lamb, the whole team speaks Polish. So, so, but that's, that's my volleyball career. I was with John Mayer at LMU 2018. Um, I'm with him. Endless Summer, you know, volleyball skills coach. And then P1440 picked me up to do color commentary and play by play, which, which I think, I'm, I'm t- as you can see, I'm totally comfortable with. <laughs> you know, I, I have the gift of gab. So, um, so listen. I think that the hardest uh, transition for beach and indoor, like what was the hardest part for you to go between both? Well, I'll start with the easiest. The easiest was the um, was the block. I was six one, but I had a big wingspan. And from the East Coast, you have to split block or someone like me, whoever, uh, you know, someone my height who, who reaches the highest. So the easiest thing was the block. In fact, Beach um, um, made it better because it, I didn't have to worry about blocking lanes. And Taryn, you could appreciate this. Like blocking lanes, sometimes you have to take your lane, you're scouting your hitter. You, the outside, in some systems, the outside hitter has to fill the hole. Some systems, the middle has to fill the hole. But now, but you go from indoor to the beach, you, you kind of got permission to just go after the hitter. I know, like, right, you committed the four block, you committed the line, we, we get that. But, and I, and I knew Taryn would appreciate this answer too. So that was the easiest. The hardest thing, of course, is offense. I mean, if you have this long indoor, you know, runway approach, and if you you're a heavy guy, you know, um, you know, um, uh, like Taryn's heavy. I mean, she's bigger, right? And muscles heavier than fat too. So, you know, you're gonna look slim. You're gonna, you're, yeah, yeah. So, but but do you agree? Was that the toughest thing? Offense, just your steps and this and that, or? Yeah, um, I think so. When I rolled up to LSU. My first, so I graduated early, so I came in January, and um, I have literally never, ever played before. Like, I didn't even know how to do an approach differently in the sand than I was just, like, getting destroyed by everybody. It was, it was so embarrassing, and I was just... <laughs> You're like, the little girls are laughing at me. The little girls are laughing at me. <laughs> I don't know how to play volleyball. I just, like, don't right now. Like, just <laughs> give me a little bit of time. But, Kristen, um, what yeah. you laughing at? <laughs> you really have to be patient with yourself, which I'm not great at. Right, Kristen? <laughs> yeah. So, Kristen, were you, your high school career balancing beach and, and indoor at the same time? Wait, what was that? Were you balancing beach and indoor at the same time? Oh, yeah. I played, I would play indoor um, during indoor season and then just in the summer I would play beach. But I never played indoor club or anything. Oh, so, okay. So what, what, um, I guess I'll put the question back to you because that's a great question, you know, and <laughs> I'm sorry I give you the long version of that answer, but I, I thought it'd be fun to talk about. But for me, it was the block and offense. For me, as, as an indoor setter, like first hit, it was good. Second hit, I don't deep dish the ball. I just, my release is FIVB, you know, an international style release, still clean. Did So I'm like, good, don't have to worry about that, you know? Um, so what's one of the, e- was the easiest thing that you brought from indoor to the beach? Was it the, was it a first hit? Was it serve, receive, d- and digging? Yeah, probably. Yeah, and most difficult? 
Um, probably, I would have to say offense. Just honestly, getting out of the sand was different for me. Uh, a little more challenging. But I find for sure when like indoor people that like Taryn when she came over, I feel like setting is usually like oh my gosh, yeah, setting thing. was so terrible too. And that's what I see with a lot of like with a lot of like other um, indoor people that play collegiately and then come over. I for sure feel like setting is always a struggle, especially transition setting. That is that is typically where I see indoor people struggle. Absolutely zero amount of people want to play with you if you cannot set them well. <laughs> no, <laughs> that is just a huge part of the game. I, I, yeah, that, listen, that's something you learn right away, right? Like, uh, I can enlist a big partner or a middle that played for BYU and this and that, and fine, he can hit, <laughs> right? Can't teach height, <laughs> but is he going to get served? I'm like, man, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm like, you better get hands or I'm just going to option your ass off, and you're going to be, cramp- <laughs> and you're going to be cramping up on the beach or whatever. <laughs> cool. Um, so, or Gorman High School, right? That's yep. you, and you're a Dakota. Uh, you, are you the South Dakota girl, or or is it Chris? I am the South Dakota girl. Okay, my question is: Do people actually live there? <laughs> just one, just me, and that's it. Yeah. Now nobody's there. It's like you, the <laughs> mayor, who who wins every year, right? He's got like just legislative legislative fourth and fifth term <laughs> for mayor. <laughs> yeah. Yes, people live there, and it is so great. Kristen came this summer. Um, Sioux Falls is where I'm actually from and it's the biggest city in the state and it's the best. So much fun. Nice. Is that, is that where Rushmore is? Um, am I, am I just a freak? Am I, am I a freaking moron here? No, well, it's, it's like six hours away from us. It's in Rapid City. Um, but yeah. I'm from New I York. I could probably make that. I could probably make that ride in like four. <laughs> if you've ever seen the way New Yorkers drive. <laughs> I will say Sioux Falls is really pretty, but would not go there right now because it's freezing. Yeah. So, but very pretty in the summer. Summer. Look, I'm not going to. In the fall, it's perfect. But then when you go in the wintertime, it is so cold. I do not yeah. miss the cold. Good. I miss my family and my friends there. Listen, I live in Hermosa Beach, California. And New York takes my heart, always will, um, uh, for many, many reasons, which we can talk about in the podcast. But the, the one of the things I don't miss, the, the winters just got too long. And I lived in the Upper West Side. And if you live in the Upper West Side next to the Hudson River, like um, I'm three blocks from Central Park, but I'm near, closer to Hudson River Park in winter, that the way that wind bounces off the water, uh, like off the Hudson River, it is brick it is brick dude so i mean the other reason why i asked and and don't take offense to this but 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 this is more of a jab at humor i was looking at like the covid cases and like the spikes and and i noticed like north and south dakota uh, like the cases went up and i'm like how fucking dumb do you have to be to live in a place like north and south dakota like if you if you got covid you you messed up you, if you live in North and South Dakota and you got COVID, you effed up, man. Come on. <laughs> but I mean, uh, um, if you need to defend that at any point, go ahead. But I, I was just giving you my first take. And of course, you know, I got to bring it back when you actually think twice. But but, but, but I got to be totally uh, candid and honest. That was my first take. I mean, New York, you get it. 
right? In New York, you got millionaires living on top of each other. You know, like I, I lived in an apartment I sold for like 1.1 mil and and it wasn't even the most expensive place. <laughs> so, which by the way, got, ladies, you got to own. If you live in a place like New York or San Francisco, don't rent, own. <laughs> if, if you can, don't, don't rent. You're throwing your money away. But um, so let's talk about COVID. Where were you guys the moment the news hit that your season was no more? You want to go first? Okay, I'll go first. You got it. Um, I was in the parking lot of Winn-Dixie with Tony Rodriguez and Jess Shabin, who were two other seniors. Uh, we had just been like told to go grab food we might be in like a lockdown we don't know if the stores are going to be open blah, blah blah so we are all headed to go get some groceries and uh we found out the news and we were all huddled up in the parking lot like holding each other and just crying our eyes out that was terrible wow yeah Jeez. um and then i was in costco with two other teammates ashlyn and hunter and we were in the uh, frozen vegetable aisle and got the news and just immediately started crying in Costco. And we had our like basket and everything. We were just like, just leave the basket. And we just like, all three just like walked away and went and sat in our car and just cried on the way home. And yeah. Then the next day we, (laughs) we moved Ashlyn's bed out to her her living room and we all just sat there crying together and just like hanging out as much as we could because we were like, how is this actually real life? And that was just an insane time. I think my face was just like, like I couldn't smile if I tried. I was just so sad and just absolutely devastated. Um, And then you kind of realize like it's going to hurt people so much more. But, like, at that point, all I was thinking about was volleyball. Like, that's – my mind was dead set on trying to win a national championship this year. You know, for everybody listening to this podcast, whether it's audio or video, it doesn't matter, and anyone asking themselves, like, how can two girls get all emotional, like, over a volleyball season – Fuck off. <laughs> but, sorry. Oh, I just, see, I did it. Bugger off. How's that? Um, so when you put so much time, and when I say so much time, you're also a full-time student because you, you can't really play sports unless you're a full-time student or, uh, or you know, whatever exception have you. So you're a full-time student. You're dog-tired from, from practice from two-a-days. You have a general nutrition thing. You have to follow a meal plan. You have to do a lot of off-season things. Your non-traditional season is also tournament-filled. Your regular season is intense because you just work all year to get to this moment or these or these very moments. And you you, you put all this time and all this work in, um, literally blood, sweat, and tears. And I mean that when I say literally. And then something happens when a bunch of people come up to you and say, hey, Everything you worked for this year that you thought was going to make happen, we're not we're we're not going to do this this year. People listening at home, um, most of you guys are volleyball players, so you know I'm not talking about you. And I'm, and some of you guys, you know, probably never played college sports, but some anyone that's ever done anything like this in their life, it hurts. <laughs> it 
hurts. And I'm really, really sorry that you and I, and I speak for everybody that, that shares your sentiment and I, that had to go through the same thing that I'm they're sorry to. Like John Mayer, I had John Mayer on my podcast and I asked John where he was. They were on their way to play Grand Canyon and he had to negotiate getting them off the plane because the season got canceled. And he's like, I don't, John's like, I, John's like, I don't want to take a trip to, to Arizona for nothing. <laughs> Who the hell goes to Arizona for nothing? You don't, no one goes to Arizona for nothing. Okay. I, I'd rather go to Sioux Falls. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so John, same thing. John shut down Dane, Dane Blanton. Um, it was his, his first season as a head coach, you know, um, felt for him. I couldn't imagine being a coach too, because you have to drop the news that like you're going, you know that you're going to go make 20 girls so upset. Um, we had a meeting, I think was it like the next day or something mm -hmm. before we all left. And as soon as one of our coaches started talking, the entire room, everybody in it was just bawling their eyes out because it, it hurts them too. I mean, they put so much time and effort in. They probably put more time into it, more <sighs> thinking about the season than we do, um, which is crazy. But yeah, it was like, I feel like people like, they almost like, we like dreamed about like winning national championship. Like for me, for sure, like ever since like a small child, I was like, I want to win a national championship. And we, for sure, at LSU, we were like, this is the year. Like, this is our year to go do it. And then for it to just be, like, taken like that, it was – It, like, makes me want to cry. Yeah, Still. it was – And it was so long ago. <laughs> oh, my it God. It was don't... for sure tough. I'm, I just want to give you a hug. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Not you, Kristen. Not kidding. <laughs> She's like, I want no hug from you anyway. Fine. Um, but, like, I say, but I say that, but then also, like – Everything happens for a reason because if that wouldn't have happened, we would not be sitting here right right now. Like we wouldn't be doing this. So I mean, as much as it hurt then, like I'm super thankful for it, and I I know everything happens for a reason. So I'm a big mixed martial arts fan, and I there was a particular fighter that wanted the shot at the title, and he told the champion, "The longer you wait." the worse it's going to be for you. <laughs> you know why? Because he was young and he had a lot of success. He was undefeated and he had nothing but an upside. and was only getting better and better. And I'm bringing up that story because I look at the two of you guys and, and, I, and I feel the same way. Like, I think based on your momentum and what you guys were doing, you, you had the, uh, the best shot at winning the NCAAs. I mean, you know, UCLA is well coached, but I'm telling you, with the, with Sponsor and the McNamara's gone and Jeff Alzina, who's actually like the the, the secret of, this, of their success at Santa Clara, and Dane Blanton with him losing um with him losing the best player in the nation, in my opinion, at that time, Tina Gradina, um, to the Olympics. <laughs> um, um, so there was an absence of some talent, but there was also this this lurking variable of what LSU was. Even the year before, you guys were right there in the semifinals. You guys were right. You guys were right there, and I saw that match, uh, Kristen, uh, um, with you against Tina and, and Bustamante. Two evenly matched teams. You play that team ten times. I think it's five five. I think it's five five. And do you, I mean, my West Coast bias people, are, no six four. That's hey, fine. <laughs> okay, 
in the battle of the goofy foots <laughs> you know what i'm saying because that's who decided the game it was the, the goofy foots decided the game um I, I know coppola has a lefty approach and swings with her right and um and tina does too tina gradina does too um, that, was, that was a fun game yeah that, that was great i watched it um last night just to kind of like bring myself back up to speed but um i watched almost all of it in real time because i had a chance you know i just had a chance to work with a lot of these great coaches you know they they when i moved here they didn't know me from a can of paint they just knew that i had i had to start over yeah <laughs> right didn't know me from adam and eve <laughs> so no but they knew yeah <laughs> that's a good one i'm gonna use that yeah listen hey for all them glass them guys trying to flirt at you <laughs> dude i don't know you from a can of paint <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i'm very very privileged that a lot of these coaches kind of um uh took me in right away um a lot of them liked my um what jeff samuels calls my i don't give an f nature Jeff, Jeff, um, Jeff and I are close friends. In fact, Jeff, I would say Jeff's a brother from another mother. Um, he said, dude, he's like, You're, yeah, I don't give enough nature is golden out in California. <laughs> he said out there, it's golden. And if you know what I'm talking about, like it's, I don't know if it's an East Coast virtue, but it's definitely a Brooklyn, New York thing. Like if we don't like you, we're not going to pretend to, I'm, I'm we're not going to be judged. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to No, Listen, I'm not going to No, We're not jerks about it. But we're not going to go like, oh, hi. Oh, my God. I haven't seen you in like forever. How long has it been? How long has it been? No. No. I'm not going to do that. Someone says hi. I'm going to be like, hey, what's good? That's respectful. And you move on. Right. So, 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 you know, I'm not trying to make the illogical leap of being a dick. But, but, um, no, but I'm not going to go the other way either. You guys, do you guys feel me on that a little bit? Because, listen, sometimes there are people you don't know that are interested in you, and and it helps to be nice. <laughs> what? what just happened? <laughs> she, she, uh-oh. You, you, you got a story. I, I just, you got a story to tell. <laughs> you're hilarious. Okay. No, but there's some... Listen, listen, you keep going. No, but there's some people you got to be nice to. Not got to be nice to. There's some people where... It just doesn't hurt to be nice to everybody, and that's cool. And that's there's that general blanket of, hey, hi, how are you? I'm good. You know, <laughs> long night, no regrets. Um, so, um, but being real and being that same person with everybody is kind of what um, helped me get almost instant success out here. I mean, well, John Mayer, too. John Mayer, I played against him in Mexico. You ever heard of South of the Border Vacations, the SOB? SOB is like volleyball vacations for like a certain age demographic of people who are still savage ballers. You know, all, most of us are in our 40s or whatever. And for eight days, we go to Puerto Vallada and then we come back, they go to Cabo and then they go to Ixtapa. So three times a year, eight straight days, it's nothing but volleyball. And they have tournaments. They have like, a, um, I don't know what you call those, like a mixed, like pull a name out of a hat tournament for co-ed. Um, whatever you call that. I mean, we, for karaoke, we call it cutthroat karaoke. I don't know what they call it for volleyball, but, but, um, just pick a song out of a hat. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> we tried to help him. Um, so I met John there, John, cause I didn't go for the tournament. I went just to uh, play indoors against the pros thing. And John Mayer, sweet Jesus, I got worked, man. So, but the two things, uh, that, 
that earned his respect was he hit a ball straight down in front of me. Like I'm playing um, base one defense or off the one block, you know, just base. And he hit, he hit the hatch like in front of me, you know, like someone hits a ball in front of you and guys, we're just trying to protect our nuts, you know, like just kind of do, do we do this? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? A general, I think male and female, you just do this, right. It, cause it's, cause it's taking the bounce and it's coming up, you know, and you, you, you don't want to get hit. Um, so everyone was laughing, but one play later, uh, Mark Karen's the guy he was playing with Ty Trambley was setting me and um, I put the same ball down in front of him. <laughs> and then everybody just, everyone was just like, Okay. Wow. And dude, I lost the game 15, four. We just played three games of 15. I played with Ty Trambley and then I played one with John and we just took a a liking to each other. So coming in, knowing someone like him was cool. Um, Kristen, if you know who Deron Forbes is, she's the founder of beach volleyball national events, heavy set girl. She actually looks a lot like Anna Coyier. Um, met her on the beach so she gave me an opportunity so there, there's just certain people like you said just just be i get i'm getting somewhere with this just be yourself that's all that's i mean it's this is supposed to come full circle i didn't i didn't mean to go kanye west on you guys all right <laughs> um you ever you ever listen to kanye west i listen to him on joe rogan's podcast and he's talking about brandon lee and bruce lee getting killed and it's a conspiracy and and joe's like what the hell is that did that have to do with me asking you about your church <laughs> you know <laughs> but then you listen and he brings it full circle i'm like oh my god holy shit the guy's a genius the guy's <laughs> a genius so here's my question um lsu does iron sharpen iron do you guys you guys have a good crew of girls where you practice where you can practice amongst yourself and still be productive and better versions of yourself I think it's funny you say that because I think uh, Russell actually said iron sharpens iron on like our like last day of practice Mm -hmm. or like right before we uh, had we had like a little like um, inter-squad scrimmage type thing and he actually said that like right before we played and it's very true our team is very talented and it's pretty exciting to get to practice every day with uh, that group of girls yeah nice I like that. And and the top of the heap on pair one is, is you guys. That's cool, man. Something I noticed about the pairing system is sometimes your best players aren't even in pair one. They're, some of them are in pair two. Like if you look at UCLA, right, Sarah Sponsel is probably the best player uh, on that team uh, collectively, but but um, not collectively, uh, individually, but collectively the McNamara's are probably the best team, right? You know, um, they were for sure. LMU, I think we use Bo Bo Chulo, Bo Kulo as as you know, pair one sacrificial lamb, <laughs> just to make sure you know she's gonna be mad, um, just to make sure we won the other three. Because um, LMU, the year you guys made it to the semifinals, we beat uh, Pepperdine if, to win the WCCs. Came out of the losers bracket, I mean, all the way out of hell, and had to beat them not once but but twice. So so. And we didn't get invited because the NCAA right now doesn't have a, a Power Five conference for women's beach. How do you guys feel about that? Should there be a Power Five conference? Should let's say there's eight teams. Uh, there's going to be more, but let's say there's eight teams invited. Don't you think the division winner from like three, the five major conferences should get an automatic bid? Who's in your conference? What? Because look at you guys. You guys are thinking about who's in your conference. Is Florida State in your conference? Yeah. Okay. All right. And then three at-large bids. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's tough. I think it's tough, especially with just, like, 
the teams like where the beach volleyball is is so sporadic so like i feel like there are so many good teams that it's hard to say like if you don't win this division you basically can't go so i i don't know how they put it all together and decide who actually gets to go and who gets the wild card but yeah that's tough yeah yeah well i mean I understand why you guys are answering like that because I remember 2018 or 2017 where they're like, wait, what do you mean four teams from the East, four teams from the West? You know, there's this distribution thing. And I kind of got that because I remember 2013, or sorry, 2018, Cal Poly and Long Beach State, neither one of those teams got invited. And Cal Poly was ranked number four, you know? It shouldn't be where you are located. It should be who are, who are the best eight teams. Right. It doesn't matter what state you're in. doesn't matter. You could be in South Dakota. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Listen, whatever's in the drinking water that makes them tall like you, man, just bring it by the pitcher. <laughs> bring, it, bring it to LSU by the pitcher. <laughs> or just the meat. I asked her if she would trade athleticism for height, and she said no. So that's her fault. No, hell no. I wouldn't in a million years. I love it. <laughs> I wouldn't in a, in a million years. And not for indoor or beach, ladies. Like, I want you to consider, like, all for indoor, all of the mythological giants. And I, I can only speak on men's volleyball because that's more my wheelhouse, right? And every time you look at this guy seven feet tall, this guy's six nine, this guy's six eleven. But when it comes to voting for best players, or tournament MVPs. It's always the guys that are six three. <laughs> it's always the guys that are six one, right? Like Kerry Walsh. That much body. Yeah. I'm just I'm convinced. Yeah. It's just- like Kerry Walsh for for a long time was best player, but it was Misty for a while, right? And Misty, Misty's is as Kristen's height, you know. So um, I think maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, <laughs> you guys both sit tall, so huh? or, or maybe maybe Taryn's sitting short, you know. No, my torso is just so short. Like I really am. Who's in the low chair right now? Who's in the? Come on, you're sitting in the low chair, Taryn. Look, look at you guys sitting right now. This is. <laughs> look at her trying to squeeze an inch on you too. <laughs> like I really just have a very short torso, and you just gotta own yeah. it. You know? Listen, you got the total package. You got height. You got athleticism. You got you got the brains too, right? I understand you're multiple deans list person. Um, at uh, Creighton, huh? Creighton, that's oh. you. Yeah. Dean's list. How many times? Basically Probably every semester. Every- yeah. I'll say every year. She's yeah. not gonna. Uh... Yeah, I think it was. But I'm happy to hear that because listen, women. You look at cumulative GPAs for women's indoor volleyball. Man, they're a bunch of dummies, dude. I'm g- so it's pretty cool to have a bunch of, you know. Yeah, hold on, wait a second. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> um, so. No, listen, if you look at the banquet and you go to the athletic banquets and they're celebrating the team that got the highest team cumulative GPA, who was it for Creighton? Mm, Cross country. country. I've been coaching NCAA for 12 years. Our volleyball team was kind of close. For women's volleyball. Cool. That's cool. Listen, I'm not saying you're women's basketball. I mean, I mean, chill. I'm, I'm, we're good, you know? He's like, man, he just keeps going. Um, no, but the 12 years that I coach men's volleyball, um, nine of the 12 years, only men's tennis was number one. Men's volleyball was, they, they were, you know, 
They were really, really good. That's the collegiate level. High school, I didn't even think about because high school, I coached a, a school called Hunter High School, Hunter College High School, which leads the nation in two very important categories, cumulative SAT scores and um, Ivy League application acceptance. So, so kids making the grade, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about them. That was, that was a smart kid school. They, um, let me tell you something. They lived, you want to talk about living in a video room? Those kids, man, oh my God. 2014, we were a 38-1 record. We won the PSALs and Madison Square Garden gave me coach of the year for that. So, but a lot of that was just like, I'm like, they did all the work. <laughs> so ladies, um, how old are you guys? You guys are 22 and 23 years old, right? Is that what's going on right now? Um, never ask a woman their age, but ask an athlete all the time. Um, <laughs> how do you guys feel about the generational talent that is your age and the girls bringing up the rear two, two years behind you. I love what I see right now. I, you look at, you go to Hermosa Beach, you see Kraft and Maple finishing fifth. I think that at the time they were 15 and 17 years old. You saw the Norris twins qualify multiple times. You see Chrissy Jones, who is the best female volleyball player no one's talking about. Well, right now, no, whoa, whoa, it's the two of you guys, because you two, two of you guys are running a rough shot. I love the generational talent. So my question to you is, because I can go on forever, and I'm sorry, but my question to you guys is, how much does that have to do with beach volleyball becoming an NCAA sport four years ago? A lot. It has, for sure. I think, like, everything to do with it. Like, that for sure, I think, was the game changer. Um, I was even going to say, before you even said that, I was going to say it's because of the NCAA having beach volleyball. Yeah. Yeah. I think my family, they, well, I mean, we've just been doing indoor for my entire life and they would come to the games and, you know, you go sit in a cold gym and you watch the games and then they came to beach volleyball tournaments and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. You just sit out on the beach, listen to music, watch the volleyball. There's always like 18 games going on. So you can see everything. It's pretty fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, Kristen, ice cream or cupcakes? Ice cream. Taryn? Mm, ice cream. But. <laughs> She's like, I better get this right. <laughs> Cookies. Cookie cake is for sure the best. I oh. know that wasn't even an option, yeah. but like that is hands down for sure easy. That's yeah, um, guys, I got to go with you. I'm ice cream. Lately, I've been making this. um drink a frozen drink it's pennsylvania dutch eggnog um with a big scoop of vanilla ice cream put some cinnamon in it um non-fat milk and um some ice and it has turned into a not a holiday thing it's been it's been like an all year round so and now i gotta order it because they only sell it year round in new york so and you know so um swimming pool or beach 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 for sure me and swimming. Mm. I love swimming. So fun. Cool. Nice. <laughs> I wish I was a swimmer sometimes. I asked Billy and Miles the same question, and Billy was like swimming pool, and Miles is like, you're, you're insane, beach. Yeah. Um, cool. I like that. So what's the last good book you guys read as far as novels? Oh, gosh. I'm not a reader. Oh, I, I, reading sucks, Tim. I mean, I got halfway through yeah. the book, Bristol. That was a good book. Need to finish it. Which that one? was the last book I read. What was it? Read. Grit. Oh, grit. Okay. Um, I 
was reading Little Fires Everywhere. It's also a TV show, but I wanted to read the book before I watched the TV show. So I have yet to watch the TV show, but it's pretty good. Nice. For me, I one of my favorite books over the years was um, Laura Hildebrand was um, Unbroken. It's a World War II junk. They actually made a movie out of it. Um, we just watched that movie. Yeah. The like book. right before this. What are the chi- we literally just watched? Ladies, <laughs> ladies, I'm a spy. I can yeah, see you. Are. That's I can crazy. see you all the time. <laughs> I was making lunch and Kristen's like, "Have you seen Unbroken?" And I was like, yeah. "No." She's like, "Okay, we're watching it." <laughs> you really? Like, and we had to finish it before we, we started. We finished it about three minutes before. You really have to appreciate. Uh, you really have to read the book, the beginning, because it talks about his childhood more, and how he came up, and then you know and just basically how running instilled the discipline and i read the book before i saw the movie and i don't want to sound like everybody else oh the book is always better than the movie because that's that that i mean well so far that's true and i don't mean to just I, but i didn't i didn't want to cheapen it by just generalizing it but it's true the book the book is really 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 good well the movie made me almost cry like 18 yeah. times so i can only imagine what this book is gonna do yeah that movie is Wow. The movie is off the page, right? Yeah. I'm also intrigued by World War II. I'm a vet. I'm a Gulf War vet. My, my every um every major um every male member of my family has served all the way back as far dated as far back as I can go, World War One. So me, um, Gulf War, Desert Storm. My father, um, Vietnam vet, grandfather, mother's side, Korean War, father's side, World War II, great grandfather, World War One. So um, my sister First female to serve, did two tours in Afghanistan. So we're, you know, so we were mostly, we were not like, we were mostly like a non-college family. We were just military people and this and that. And then my mom was the only person until me to actually have a college degree, like generationally speaking, at least back to the 60s to the present. So I went to Marymount Manhattan after Hunter. I went to Hunter for a semester. I say a cup of coffee. What's your major? Volleyball. Okay, I played, I'm out, you know. I don't I don't like school. Reading sucks. Like, you know, like like Kristen says, <laughs> I don't read. Um and then Marymount Manhattan, they're ranked number, the program's ranked number 2 in the country. I auditioned. I got in and then I finished my education there but but um and then when my I graduated, my mom said, "Now I can die." <laughs> Cuz that's that's how moms are, you know, when you're, you're they're the only one. So I I need you to appreciate the opposite of an academic family. All right. It's like no one goes to college. And then finally a kid has, you know, son has a degree and it's, and the mom says, now I can die. You are for sure the favorite now. Yeah. Don't worry well, that. not anymore. The siblings followed my sister. Um, the, the one that went to Afghanistan, she's got her finished her doctorate <laughs> at, at, at West Virginia. And my other sister graduated Mount St. Vincent. So now all the siblings got, you know, graduated. My wife, forget it. They're all Harvard and Duke. You know, my wife went to Harvard. She actually played ball there. Um, she's from West Virginia, uh, Parkersburg High School. They won two state championships, and she got recruited to play tennis and volleyball. Her father, Harvard, mom, Duke undergrad in law school, which makes me a Duke basketball fan. So, so I don't even, I don't even how I got to that. <laughs> my bad. Oh, listen, uh, the book I want to recommend, and um, and I don't mean to talk about politics too much, but. It really, really, it's called, it's written by General Smedley Butler, and it's called War is a Racket. 
And I'm only saying this because, like I said, I'm, in, I'm infatuated by World War II and just how certain battles were won where we, we really had no business winning it. The, like Germany and Japan, they had the intelligence, they had the elevated position, they had, um, they had all of all the advantages. And, and, and if you've ever seen some of these movies, they're all true. We won a lot of those battles just by sheer bravery, <laughs> you know, like D-Day, you know, and a lot of things you saw, you know, surviving in that, that prison camp, which would have killed so many people. And this guy, this guy's, this guy's ability not to quit, you know, it does make you cry. But General Smedley Butler just talks about the military industrial complex and how um, our politics are navigated around it. Like no matter who's president, like, right. I mean, right now it's, Biden, before it was Trump, before that it was Obama, before that it was George W. Bush. But, and if you look at legislation uh, being trying to be passed or pushed through or deflected or filibustered, you will, when it comes time to approve, to approve a military defense or defense spending or a military budget, which they spend on so, not just soldiers, but contractors and all that stuff, you never see anybody fight about that. <laughs> $561 billion? No problem, you know. So it's a very interesting book, and it's easy. The name's easy to remember. It's called War Is a Racket. So, and even a non-reader like Kristen will like it. <laughs> you have to come down to New Orleans and check out the World War II Museum. Yeah, we went to oh, that a couple weekends ago too. So I'm gonna cool. throw a name at you guys and tell me what you think. Sean Ledig. <laughs> Love him. What a guy. Awesome. <laughs> I think I'm gay for him. I think. I think. <laughs> Between him and Brandon Clemens, the, the, those are the guys I'm like, I, I'm straight, right? <laughs> Am I? Oh, that's awesome. I guess not. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, buy something, maybe even bipolar. I'll try anything once. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Evan Corey. Cool guy. I really like him. I first met him, qualifier, Hermosa Beach, round three. I was coaching um, Earl Schultz and Jake Arudia. And um, he's a pain in the ass lefty. He, we served him three times, and I'm like, okay, we're not, we're not serving <laughs> yeah. that guy anymore. You know, we're going to serve his partner, Valela, who um, at the time was dressed in all black. Found out he had staff. So he's in the middle of the humidity and the deep sand in Hermosa Beach of you guys. And I'm sure you guys have been. If you've been in Manhattan Beach, you've been in Hermosa. It's basically sister sand. Um, and I f we found out later he had staff, but he was the guy. He was the guy we wanted to work, you know. Do you guys know Chris Lures? What was that? Chris Lures. Do you know him? Or is it Matt Lures? L That's a her question. Yeah. L-U-E-R-S, Lures. I probably, I may know yeah. him by face. Well, you might know him by, by playing style too. He's this guy that runs like a one and a half off, off the pass, like a very low set, this one and a half, this tempo. And as a coach, I can look at you for, I can watch you play for five, 10 minutes and, and tell you how I can beat you. You know, on my worst day, maybe after the first set. And this guy couldn't figure out how to play defense against this ridiculous set. You know, and then Bobby Jacobs, who's a local talent out here, um, played with Michael Boag, was like, just block cross, just four block. Because if you ever seen Earl Schultz, you know who Earl Schultz is? Uh, a guy with the afro, looks like Lenny Kravitz. You can't miss him. So, so you know him if you see him. His block, he's, he's chest high above the net. So, and I was like, 
you're right, Bobby. <laughs> I mean, because for him, no, for him to cut over, it has to be quite the jumbo. And people like Chris, Kristen, people like um, Jake at the time, you could leg that out. And his line shot is not going to go in front of you. You know, I told Jake, and he's like, but he could still hit hard line. I'm like, but he's not going to teabag you. He's going he's gonna to hit high. It's not, you know, it's going to be a shot which you can run down or, 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 or you sit there. So we just made this one adjustment, just two, two blocks and four blocks, and ended up winning two sets to zero. So I noticed you guys run a lot of four action too. Yeah. Yeah. At least in the finals, you were. Uh, Kristen, I like your switch uh, off the four block. I like your like, first. I love your switch off the four block. I love your first step. It's your first step is big. You're you automatically have like instant speed where some people have to use, build momentum for that. So your four block almost looks like a de facto two, where where the two is more of a fixed position thing. So I really really like the way you're working. Oh, and by the way, you got a giant at the net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's pretty good. <laughs> she's <laughs> alright. <laughs> Sean Ladig is like, this is great. <laughs> yes, the um, we're we're Facebook living right now. I just wanted to see, you know, pitch a failure out there just to see who was watching and, and thank hey, God I did because I didn't press record on my recording device for like the first nine minutes. I'm like, we're getting all of this good stuff, and I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not even recording. So here's what it looks like. I'll show you. Um, this recording device here, sorry, let's do the camera. This thing is what I use to drag my scoreboard, drag, um, videos. This is where I watch my Olympics. That's my German championship. That's my, all my military awards. Those are some of the plaques I won in New York because, as you ladies know, because you got your, your acolytes are many, you can't, if you move, you can't take everything. <laughs> you know, if you win a trophy, you, you, the room only becomes so big, so you, you pick out these things which mean the most to you, and, 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 that's, and that's how you do your rock and roll with that. So, um, so your blocking and uh, digging chemistry, was it something that happened right away? I'm going to show some highlights at the same time you guys are talking. Um, because I didn't want to finish the podcast without showing a particular one. But so was your chemistry uh, one of those things that just happened right away? I feel like yes. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty easy. I mean, not easy, but it's pretty fun to play defense behind her. I mean, yeah. I mean, when I don't see the like, I know the ball goes over me and Kristen's going to dig it. So all I have to do is go set and then she's going to put the ball away. So it just like, it does make it pretty, pretty nice. It pretty is. Simple. I like it because it's straight and simple. You just, yeah. and there's match point. You oh, guys I hit tape. I'm so mad at myself. Well, this <laughs> might make you more mad at the next play. <laughs> so stay with me. Oh boy. Uh, Are you going to slow-mo the tape? No, I just, yeah. I just didn't like this particular uh, call by the ref. Watch this. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. What? Watch not. this. That was questionable. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen's going to fight for me. <laughs> She's like, you're lucky I don't shake that ladder until you fall. 
I'll tell you why I didn't like the call. And and indoor players definitely co-signed with us. If it's anywhere near the net, it's free game. Um, I think people get caught up too much with this 50-50 nonsense. It doesn't. It could be 80-20. It can be 95-5. You don't have to wait for the ball to come completely on your side to just throw two hands up like this and just let it and let the ball trickle gently into the person covering. That's not how volleyball works, you know. And uh, yeah, I, and that particular call, I wasn't trying to get you mad or rile you up, but oh, I, was just, so I was just trying to no, but I was just trying to talk. Uh, basically, let you know that on certain plays, um, I can relate to you. I, I, I feel you as an indoor player. I had to block all of the best. As a setter, you have to block all of their best outside hitters, all of all the best OH ones. They're like, oh, we're gonna pick on the six one guy, and I'm like, you know, don't be calling me over the block against this outside hitter who's six six, man. Don't be doing that, dude. So, so. Um, and my last question, because you guys, man, you guys stuck it out. And um, if you listen to some of the episodes, we, we, we talk about politics or whatever, and we can go. I think we went like two hours and 40 minutes. We were talking on uh, an, an election night special with one of my friends who's an independent that has no problem just like, okay, Obama, Trump, anybody can get it. He's one of my favorite people because he's an equal opportunity ass kicker. Um, and I like people like that because their opinions are unsolicited. And and for me, for you guys, you probably get to know me later on as as, as the months go. I don't let my um, love or contempt from someone affect my critical thinking skills. Right? There's no. I don't think there should be a set of rules for people you like, and another set of rules for people you don't. Um, and I'm only talking about the, the professional spectrum. I'm not even talking about political. I mean, the, it, it applies political, but, but from, um, as, and that rule actually, um, a lot of people can talk to me about politics because right now, if, in case you haven't noticed over the years, um, one side go, is going more this way and the other side is just going more this way. And there's zero tolerance, there's little or no tolerance for anyone who can who sees an argument both ways so um my facebook wall is loaded with just great conversation just insightful people post you know post links and this and that we are we debate healthily and i have a general rule if you attack the argument of uh, the person and not the argument i'm deleting your comments so you know 150 posts later we're still going you know on on these issues so that's my facebook wall so that was said way to me talking about your hand setting. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Kidding. Um, I love your, your bump set. Okay. And there are going to be some practices and I'm talking to you, Taryn. Um, going to be some practices where your goal is going to use your, is to use your hands as much as you can. And hand setting is like push-ups. The only way to get better at it is to keep doing it. That's what my, my, my drill instructor from boot camp told me in Fort Knox. You know? <laughs> yeah. He, he said, son, what's the best way to get better at push-ups? Do push-ups. So, um, but windy days, windy conditions, um, as far as something being there when you need it, bump set is king. Bump set is king. I mean, look at Ricardo, one of the best players in the world. He won a bronze, a gold, and a silver, three Olympics in a row. Bump setter. Look at Ali San, Bruno's partner, bump setter. You know, these are these are guys, but I'm not saying you to steer away from hands. And, and, and most importantly, I don't want some coach to, to come up to you and tell you what you can and can't do because you can, you, 
y'all basically right now where you guys are you can do whatever the hell you want but but practice both as much as you can because if or when you get hands not not if when eventually you're gonna have hands and they're gonna look beautiful and your partner's gonna be smiling big smile but see how she just looked at you like she loves you she was like hands she was like oh she's so dreamy so um <laughs> no but when you get good hands don't fall too much in love with it go back make a have a whole practice where it's no hands bump set and that's that's a piece of advice i could give you as, as just someone who's not only been doing this for a long time but has also had some degree of success you know of course there are levels to this i mean brock brock is king man best man for the job and the best candidates uh working with that with said man so and ladies that's all i got and that's all i got is there um um I know Rob asked you this, but is there um, a particular Instagram hand? Actually, I'm going to put that up on the edit anyway, because this is this is just a live version. But the edited version, I have, I throw all kinds of stuff in there, including more videos. But is there a particular way where someone wants to get to know you guys a little bit more? Is there um, just YouTube handle or did it just go to the LSU site? Because I know a lot of the stuff is um, uh, steered that direction. Did it go to the LSU, uh, the Tigers website? Mm. I would just go to like Instagram. Yeah, I feel like Instagram. That's probably the one that I check the most. Mm, cool. Yeah. yeah. And the last piece of advice, I love the way you guys are, how unassuming you are um, when it comes to everything. And don't ever change that. Keep that. It's golden. It's golden. You guys, you guys are extremely good at what you're doing right now. And you're also extremely likable. Um, from a marketable perspective, it's it's nothing but up. But as far as you remaining true to who you are as people, um, never lose that. Never lose that. Always keep that. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh man, the pleasure's all mine. All right. So for all of you at home, they might love you, but I can't stand you. In fact, I think I'm out of here. All right. For all of you at home. <laughs> For all of you at Starbucks on your lunch line watching this live version, for all of you on your desktop who runs the world, old school, old school. For all of you people on your droid, and for this young lady, Taryn Cloth, and Kristen, can't even remember. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> for Taryn Cloth and Kristen Nuss, I'm Jason DeBellius, and we say so long we're out Bye. check out the option podcast on optionvb.com it's also available on itunes and spotify and on youtube under the ny varsity sports handle you're gonna love what you hear